Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Middle call! Baby, hey! What's up? What's up? What's up? You been in the studio? Yeah, I'm in the studio all day, every day, John. You ever, uh, where was that show? Netflix, maybe? The show on uh, Machine Gun Kelly? Never watched it. No. Good? It's, a- it's actually a little depressing, but you, uh, whenever you watch a musician, like a documentary about it, a lot of time just in the studio, a lot of substances in the studio, and it's not usually around lunchtime. It- it's usually at like, Two in the morning is when the good shit happens. I uh, I watched a couple of weeks ago the Elvis documentary, not the movie, but the documentary, which is um, I I don't know what it's on Apple Plus maybe or it's not Hulu, could be HBO Max actually. It's really good. I didn't. Re- He's got a lot more substance to him as a musician than I realized, just as someone who just casually knew the things that everyone knows about Elvis. Um, but uh, what, do you, what do you mean by that? Just his ability to like play the guitar and yeah, like how great his voice was more so. I mean, he oh, didn't. It's, inc- it's incredible. He didn't. I mean, and you know that when you hear, but like he didn't really. He didn't write his own music. He didn't write anything really or anything. A lot of country artists sneaky don't. Yeah, I mean, Garth. I would love. I'd have to go back and look at like how many of Garth's hits Garth wrote. I don't think many. You know, you get a little credit on it because you were like, oh, if we say Friends in Little Places a second time here. But, um, but like just how deep Elvis was into gospel music and just, I mean, you start listening to these tracks that, that I'd never heard, even though they're popular Elvis songs, but I've only heard the same, probably 15 Elvis songs, right? We all, for most, for at least for me, I'll speak for myself. I hadn't heard that much Elvis, but you go down an Elvis rabbit hole, like just some good music. Anyway, uh, I recommend it, but it's like the family, there's like zero focus on his death. I didn't realize I've not seen the movie. So people who've seen the movie might know this. The, um, the character Tom Hanks plays Elvis's manager was awful. Again, Elvis fans will will already know this. It was news to me, but Elvis always wanted to go on on a tour worldwide, but never could because his manager didn't actually have the ability. He couldn't leave the country. And so his manager would always make up excuses why Elvis couldn't tour worldwide. Um, just a bad, bad manager. Just put him in shitty movies. Spent a lot of time in bat doing bad movies. I'll recommend. I'll recommend this song for anyone. This is toward the end. If I can dream, Elvis. Just watch him sing that song. It's on YouTube. He sings in a leather jacket. I think in Vegas. It's just this fucking guy had some pipes. I mean, my dad loved. I mean, oh really? Like, idolized Elvis. Oh my god. Saw him several times. Because again, like, I think Elvis is known. You know, for just, I think a lot of the dancing, a lot of his songs are pretty short. You know, a lot of his hit songs are like two and a half minutes. 
So but you just get him two and a half minutes too. You just get him on a mic with nothing going. The fucking guy could hold the tune like he was the Temptations or something. Mm. I mean, he could. And you just hear. I saw this thing came up on our YouTube feed because you know algorithms. We both signed on the same one. We could look we at golf video. Today, I'm like, yeah, algorithm is feeding me a lot of bear videos. You're like, yeah, I've been watching a lot of bear videos. Like, Stumble oh, okay. down this Joe Rogan bear video. But BB King was talking about how they used to go to the same studio. Where did uh, Elvis was born in Memphis, right? Is that where he grew up? Was uh, it's where he grew up? I don't remember if that's exactly where he was born. I think his I mean, dad might have been in the army or whatever. But he grew. His dad was around a lot. His mom, yeah. I and BB King was saying like they used to go to the same studio, and early on, BB like he would be there, and he would just say, "This guy in the back who was young at the time would just watch me play." And it's like I didn't know much about him. I was like, "Oh, this guy's a musician." And then BB would also watch him play. But he, they ask him like, "Did you know this guy was going to transcend everything?" He's like, "No, nah, not really." But then like a couple years later, once you saw him on stage, you just kind of either have it or you don't. I think kind of as a musician, uh, I think you get away with a little bit now with the the technology but i always judge you like i just type in your acoustic can you sing and a lot of country music artists i listen to a lot of country music you can really separate them on youtube pretty quickly like can this guy sing or can he not sing yeah you know and i like rap i think it like i don't have much in common with the people that listen to rap for the last decade because a lot of their shit doesn't sound like the stuff i grew up on but like post malone would be a quote-unquote auto-tune type guy but if you watch him like he's very very he's a musician yeah, yeah, he can do a lot of different stuff, but some guys can't. Like Drake, I think his whole new album, which is the elite say it's like, you can't relate to this if you never traveled in Europe. It's a lot of him just singing. I, the songs I've heard, it's just kind of him singing. You know, and, yeah, and they it's say it's for life. the EDM uh, remix crew. Yeah, it's a different... I, I just clicked on a couple. I saw it enough, got a little FOMO. I'm like, I got to check this out. It's it's not... It's a lot of his, again, I, him singing kind of. Yeah, I gave it a taste, but... Um... Not well, really for me. Yeah, not, exactly. Some things just are not for me. Here's what's for everybody. John Buckmason.com slash ham one gets you 15% off any order of a hundred dollars or more. We are both, we didn't plan it, but we are both wearing Buck Mason t-shirts today. The odds are good that you'll catch one of us in a Buck Mason tee because I wear my Buck Mason t-shirts almost every day. John's in the Viva Viva Volt neck. I'm in the crew neck. I'm in the black. This is I'm wearing the Pima tee. I'm not I can't tell if John, you're in the Pima tee right now, or maybe it's uh Maybe it's uh, it's probably the Pima. Is that the Pima or the Slub? I don't know. But no matter what you want, there's so many great options. I actually walked into Buck Mason the other day in Hayes Valley before I grabbed some dinner. Uh, BuckMason.com, Ham One, 15% off. BuckMason.com slash Ham One. Yep, I, I own a bunch. You own a bunch. I'm actually wearing the shorts as well. The uh, kind of the sweat, sweat pants shorts. Uh, can't recommend them enough. Uh I, I mean, the T-shirts, I own about 10. You just ordered more sweatshirts. The sweatshirt is very comfortable. The winter, you know, we're halfway through. We're a little farther, actually, than halfway through July 11th recording this. So uh, if you get sweatshirt, depending on where you live, can't recommend it enough. These T-shirts are awesome. Uh, once you try Buck Mason, they'll become your go-to because, like you were telling me before we even hopped on, you're like, oh, I wear is Buck Mason. I'm like, I wear these shirts all the time, too. Head over to buckmason.com slash ham1 slash ham1 and get 15% off when you spend at least $100. That's buckmason.com slash ham one to get 15% off when you spend at least $100. Buckmason.com slash ham one. You love it. We love it. Go love it. Um, okay. So, I mean, gosh, there's so much to attack today. We've been, by the way, if you're tuning in, if you're tuning in, if you're tuning in, if you press if, play on our, if you got the rabbit ears up. <laughs> uh, so, old habits die hard. 
sporadic. We have ads this week. That's why we're doing regular pods this week. Because in, in a time that uh, most of America is on vacation, from what we can tell, um, you know, we got ads. So here we are. We, we love being here. So we're, that's what's going on this week. We do have some more mailbag questions to get to, but go to Apple Podcasts. Leave us a review. Five stars. We appreciate that. We actually have a shave it or save. We have a couple shave it or save it's to get to over the course of uh, the next few shows. And, uh, you know, August will be here before we know it. And then we are uh, back off and running full, full bore like like usual. So um, there's that. Uh, several questions on the hat that John is wearing. These are not for sale at the moment. He's got one. I've got one. You know, obviously, we'd like to make some hats again. We've done it before. It was wildly successful. And um, we're hoping to bring some back soon. But we get questions when we wear these hats. These are uh, one of a kind, um, one of one models that we're wearing right now so even with inflation i think they would be at an expensive endeavor for the consumer these particular hats would be very expensive that's why you got to take the zach wilson approach to life which is throw bombs bang moms <laughs> somebody made a fake uh person of the year time cover are you buying the zach wilson slept with his mom's best friend which uh, that rumor if you haven't followed that story he broke up with his girlfriend or she broke, whatever. They broke up. Longtime girlfriend. She's dating Dax Milne. His, did you tell me he was his roommate at BYU? Receiver. Had you heard of him? Yeah. He was one of the best players on that team that dominated. So it was him and Romney were catching all the touchdowns, right? Yeah. I thought they had one more receiver, too, that was really good. But yeah, he was yeah. throwing a lot of bombs to those three I think, guys. I think he was number four, I think. Okay. They were sweet. You watched they them. Were those three guys were just going down, scoring touchdowns. I and think it was his college roommate. College roommate. So now his ex-girlfriend's dating his college roommate. And somebody on Instagram plays, said, plays for the football team. I think I don't know practice squad. I don't know if he's a big leaguer, but I think I he's, saw that photo. I was like, I don't. Maybe it just might have been him, like in a preseason game. <laughs> Not quite sure. So I don't know. I watched like the Romney crew have thought they were NFL. It's not exactly Terry McLaurin, but <laughs> so uh, uh, what happens? Somebody on on the story or on the uh, Instagram post makes a comment about. I don't remember what the line was. It was a good line. Like, what was the line? Do you remember? I think they, there was a picture, you know, they call it, the kids call it guy, a hard launch when you're coming out with a relationship on Instagram mm -hmm. or a mm -hmm. soft launch where you don't show faces. Mm -hmm. And there was a picture of them kind of together, but you couldn't see the faces. Well, you knew it was him. I think he posted it. You yeah, couldn't tell. It. And I think people started questioning, was that her? Obviously in the BYU community, right? This would be like, you know, something with Paolo Banchero at Duke Basketball Reddit. Like, people are like, what's going on here? You know these people intimately. And uh, she claimed that, you know, they broke up because, honestly... So somebody called her a homie hopper, and then she replied and said, the real homie hopper is Zach, who hooked up with his mom's best friend. So that's where it came from. Was his ex-girlfriend accused? Yeah, wouldn't you say, though, if you're sleeping with a, a parent's friend, that's a little different than homie hopping. That's just, like, uh, people you got to know through family. Right. Homie hopping is like you're sleeping with this friend. Like, that's a fact. Sleeping. What's the connection? Unless you're related to her, she broke friend? up with him, whatever. Like, who, you know, well, that's what, fine. What? But that's that's not homie hopping. She doesn't owe anything to the guy she broke up with. But his friend, you could argue, owes something to him unless yeah, they're not I, friends anymore. I, I do think the homie hopping thing gets a little, you know, it's you can question like, you know, because it's an easy one for him. Right. They know each other. I bet they spend a lot of time. She's reeling. She's pissed off clearly because she's still talking about it. He just puts out an open arm, takes advantage of the situation. And it, it goes both ways. Women can do it too. I, I, 
I, I, I judge him unless they're not friends anymore and he doesn't give a shit. If they were friends and just took the easy route, even if Zach took down the mom's friend, which if you do remember, the mom is very attractive. So you can assume the mom has attractive friends. Here's the thing. Zach Wilson's a good looking guy. And the moment you're the number two pick in the draft, even though he comes for money, he now is independently wealthy. So he's rich, good looking NFL quarterback. Like, I, the internet to me, I don't think it's as crazy. Like I would guess his mom's friend, her best friend, probably single. I guess Mormon, you can polygamy, but let's just assume she's single. Like this quarterback, like I, is it that crazy? He's not just your typical like. Well, yeah, he's a I think intern at Morgan Stanley. I think if you spend a lot of time watching shows, you go, oh, this is not that crazy of a plot twist. But if you te- take a step back and put yourself at the dinner table, it's pretty nuts if it's true. Now, I my take is I think we have to call into question the source a little bit here, right? It, the ex girlfriend is she's the mad. source. She's mad, and there's been some debate about whether or not she, the story is that he hooked up with his best friend's girl or his mom's best friend. Which what she wrote was mom's best friend because there's also some debate. When I heard the story the first time, I thought it was hooked up with his best friend's mom. That's how the story came to me initially. So the equivalent of like Dak's mom. Yeah, right. But what she wrote was best mom's best friend. Yeah. Which in the world of the the rich and famous, John, you're right. Crazy things happen that aren't actually that crazy. But I would put this one under the pretty crazy category. If I I call into question how true it is. I'll say this. I question it. Dak's mill had nine catches for 83 yards. As someone, you know, from 30 to 35 was – consistently single and and dabbled in the uh i would say 42 to 50 demo <laughs> had a little fun it's a little different than our age and younger just their aggressive nature like they are aggressive so it's i don't think it's inconceivable now to each his own i'm not everyone is but when they are single especially divorcees let's just i think it's probably fair to assume that his mom's friend was previously married maybe no longer is Again, I, I do think it's very weird, even if he's a quarterback at BYU. It's like, eh, you know, once you become an NFL quarterback, like, I, I'm sorry, y- your elevated status as a human being goes up fucking tenfold, partly because you just Google it. Well, he makes now $9 million a year. My ultimate point is not that it couldn't happen or that it doesn't make sense that it could happen. My point is, Everything you just described does not make it less of a a, a a problem for his mom and her friends, potentially. Right. Assuming she didn't know. What if there was a blessing? Like, hey, I hope they both have found love. Maybe that's what she said. Like, I, I did see a headline. It's a dream come true for me. You know, I her love mo- hanging out with my son. I love hanging out with my best friend. What could be better? Her mom did a 30-minute IG live and talked about the uh, the negativity on social media. So maybe but, her friend, but not about him. It was her youngest daughter hates her, right? Yeah, I don't want to get into the uh, specifics of it because there's a lot bad. going on with the Wilson family, clearly. And this is again not to like do some big picture thing. The the Mormon community coming. This from is that. why you draft Trey Lance. Here's my take. But is this is when you, when you take a guy from BYU, kind of this insulated little world. Let's, let's face it. When you dive into it deeply, there polygamy is a part of like there's just some weird shit going on. Not only polygamy, a lot of money. So it's super rich people where the rules are a little weird, right? So it's a lot of weird combinations. And then you take this guy who spent his life in this isolated area and you move him to the Big Apple. I just typed in when I wanted to like, what were the details of this? 
it was just New York Post, New all the New York. It's like, God damn, this is. I would imagine on New York radio, a place where radio still thrives in 2022, that today it's Yankees and this, right? This yeah, is getting I mean, talked this about is a, a weird conversation for mainstream sports media to have, right? Because it's odd. I, I think back there, this is a go-to. It's so easy. People are laughing. Yeah, maybe you're right about that. But, um, you know, I, I, I didn't actually, we didn't approach this topic today. It's like, a, here's a conversation about Trey Lance, and I'm not taking it there. But if this is a thing that becomes a, you know, it might go away by tomorrow. It might be over and done with. Like, I don't what if they're in a suit, but what if he goes like, I love her. We're dating. It, it, it could become a situation where you would rather it be somebody else's quarterback. I just, the point I'm. I'm and then that. all of a sudden the family's not talking to him and he's Aaron Rodgers 2.0, but he's now, good. now, now Garoppolo had a situation once upon a time, not like this, right. Where he publicly went, he went to dinner. He was seen out to dinner with a porn star and that became a story. And eventually these stories go, they always, when it involves quarterbacks, it always ends up eventually in, okay, I know it's funny, but is this an insight into our quarterback psyche? Why is he so stupid, right? But I think part of the Jimmy G deal was like, it wasn't just a porn star. It was kind of a different looking porn star with a massive tattoo down her back. I think if he had gotten some of the porn stars that are just like a knockdown 10 blonde, they're like, well, you know, I know she does porn, but holy shit, she is gorgeous. This one, Jimmy took out a porn star that had a daughter that also did porn. That was just like, even guys that were single might be like, yeah, I don't know. That's that one's a little off. <laughs> that, that one was fair to judge. No different than what, what was a big story last week that I don't think you and I talked about is like the Rogers tattoo. Like when things happen with quarterbacks that I would just say are a little off the beaten path. It's like, what's cause I text someone in the NFL. I'm like, what do you think the average age a male, and you could probably put women in this too, but I could just speak for males, gets their first tattoo. Wouldn't you imagine it's really 16. young? Yeah, it's young, or it's probably later in life with like a family member or something would be my thing. Like maybe you do something with your own son when you're like 60 and he's 20, you know, yeah, you'd have like to, that. Or you'd have to take out like, you know, somebody dies at your 28, but you're right. Yeah, I would guess I'm just saying on average, mean, non like crazy thing happening. It's, it's not at 37 years old. Where are the highest rates of first tattoos? I'd guess like 16 was my first guess. And then you're right. Maybe 38, something like that, maybe. But it, you gotta be, I, I honestly, I would go probably like 20. I feel like you think are you older than 16. Do you think a lot of kids, do you notice like if you're ever interviewing at like doing a college game, it does feel like a lot of incoming. I know this is a Fresno State guys come in with a bunch of tats. Yeah. Like they're getting them in high school, even yeah. though I'm pretty sure, again, maybe it's like cigarettes. Are they really carding you? Because it is technically, quote unquote, illegal. I thought at what age? I thought it was 18. You had to be 18 to get a oh, tattoo really? without parent consent. Did you think it was just legal? Well, my first seven tattoos I got illegally, John. So I don't quite. Uh, I no, do, I, I, do, I didn't I even thought about it. I do think it's fair to say, like, the Rogers thing, like, what's it's a little, all the stuff going on, and then he gets this tattoo. As Coward said, it it's like a Kyrie Irving Instagram post. <laughs> like, that's it's a little weird. Even though it's not really when you think about Aaron. To me, the nature of the tattoo is what makes it weird. Getting a tattoo is not weird necessarily. His tattoo, though, is confusing. Right? I, I do think that Aaron, beside like the diehard Packer fans that get his back, does get lumped in like with the Kyries and stuff where it's like, guys, I've just watched Aaron carry a fucking franchise on his back for back-to-back -back years. Now, I know they haven't won the Super Bowl, but like 
Aaron's quirky and weird, but when the games have happened the last two years, and even last year, right, they were the number one overall seed. Now, they lost at home to the Niners in a weird fucking game, which he did not play as well. But I didn't even look last year with Aaron being weird, thinking like, I just kind of mailing it in or he's not into this. Like, I thought he was pretty into it, you know, when he won the most valuable player award. So it's like, if I'm going to get a quirky guy, I at least want a guy that once the games are going on, it's kicking everyone's ass. Yeah. Right? Yeah. If but I understand weird, the comparison. I do, but like we've seen Kyrie, like, can you lead us? And he's like, no, I don't really care. Like, yeah, at least yeah, Aaron not, like tries. Well, Aaron's going to go down as one as one of the greatest players of all time in the NFL. Kyrie will not go down as one of the greatest NBA players of all time. Not saying that Kyle wouldn't have worked because he clearly thrives in this offense, right? I don't think it would have been a match made in heaven, though. Not, and not because, like, I... You hear Aaron talk about football. Like, he enjoys talking about football. I, I think he doesn't get enough credit for being, like, enjoys the concepts of football and, you know, like a quarterback geek would. You know, like, Tom and Peyton always get a bunch of credit of, like, these guys just want to talk ball. You know, they just get, get them on the whiteboard, get them a pen, get them Josh, get them Howard Mudd, and they'll just start fucking dialing stuff up. Aaron's just like, oh, he's probably just smoking weed, you know? Like, I do think Aaron's into that, so I think him and Kyle would have messed there. I think those guys might be a little less likely to like, feels like Aaron probably fights a little more like throughout the week. Like I'm not doing that, you know? And again, I could be projecting, but it just doesn't feel like they would have been a match made in heaven. I think, you know, LaFleur got his job at a different point in his career than when Kyle took the job, right? When Kyle took the job, Kyle Shanahan was walking into a franchise that needed him to save it. When LaFleur got the Packer job, like when you, they were the down a little. Yeah, but the circumstances when you walk in the door affect kind of what you bring to the job, right? And Kyle walked sure. in understanding, I am on the the biggest throne here is mine. Lafleur walked in understanding the biggest throne here belongs to Aaron, and my ability to work with Aaron determines my job, my future. Who knows if? Yeah, little Steve, I mean, little Steve Kerr with the Warriors, totally. Kind of, you know, like if I can figure this out, I'm gonna be like whatever he is 48 and six or whatever LaFleur's record is. The difference is, is Kerr won right away. So he got the quadruple credit. If LaFleur had just won one Super Bowl the last three years, can yeah. you imagine the way we talk about him? He saved the pet. He, he saved like Roger. McVay. He won a, he won a championship. He's like Lombardi jr. You see, he's older than McVay, right? But younger than Kyle. I think he's right around Kyle's age, like 42. I think how old, how old, old do you think? I always get Kyle's age. 43? How old do you think Kyle is? 40, 43, 44, 42, Yeah, he'll turn 43 this fall. Because remember, when we talked to Lincoln, I was like, you know, Lincoln's basically six months older than us. Lincoln Riley, a USC coach, was on the show. I'm a year older than you. But. Uh, somebody said, what did that? Uh, Alaflor? Someone said the uh, Christian on the stream says the Rogers tattoo is fire, way better than the basic ass stopwatch LMAO. I, is that the stopwatch where it says now? So you look and it says the time is now. I think that's a great tattoo. And you get it tattooed on your wrist and you're like, what time is it? The time is now. And then when you hit a, a shot, you point to your wrist the time. Yeah. I think it's a good tat. Skull I, tattoo would all be great because you could, if you grew hair, you could always just cover it up. Grow some hair out. Cover it up. What, what about no regrets? No regrets? Right on the right on the sternum? Yeah. Well, the Travis Barker's whole head tattoo, the problem is once you go bald, you're in trouble. Like, oh shit! I did not account for going. What do you bald. think about the post Malone face tattoos? 
Yeah, uh, you know, would not be my move, but um, Lafleur is a month older than Kyle. Oh, feels a little but younger, right? Looks younger for sure. Because Kyle's forty-two, but I think he could pass when his beard's a little gray for like a skinny forty-six-year-old, and I think Lafleur could probably pass for thirty-eight, right? If you said LaFleur, LaFleur, I think LaFleur. Yeah, I mean, he's got maybe a couple grays. I could be wrong, but his he got, he's wrinkle-free. He's got, you know, the eyebrows plucked tight. Not big. Good shape. Yeah, good shape. Doesn't look tired all the time, probably because his quarterback's Aaron. If you said that LaFleur was like McVay's two-year-old older cousin, be very believable, right? Th- those two are closer to being related, yeah. Although the yeah. reality is that McVay, if we ranked s- sleeplessness... LaFleur probably sleeps the most. I don't know. I'm just guessing. McVay's probably close to Kyle in terms of sleeplessness. I, I do respect about Kyle, and I know Andy's big on this and Bill's big on this. They hate. They get very insecure. They refuse. They don't talk about the times. Now, McVay, I don't think openly talks about it, but he's done enough, like, picks Peter King up, and so you just know. So it just gets out. Like, it's weird. Like I'm bragging about, I work hard when all my contemporaries work hard too. You know, it's kind of a weird. And we say work yeah, hard. Price really of admission. Just get to the, like, get to the my dad once, earlier. As my dad always said, price of admission. Well, Congrats Bruce Arians would hard. tell you they're fucking wasting their time. Like just get there at seven. Yeah, I mean, but Bruce was Bruce pretends to be the stress free guy, but it's, it turns out Bruce ain't the stress free guy. Well, no, that's why he drinks a lot. <laughs> so you know. Uh, speaking of Bruce and the Bucks, the reports over the weekend, I guess, Dan Cilio said that uh, Bucks and Garoppolo would be a match. And then um, Tom Pelissero talked to Don Yee, Jimmy Garoppolo, and Tom Brady's agent. And this is what Don Yee told Pelissero about Jimmy's phys- physical health. He's progressing well. He's on schedule. We're optimistic about the upcoming season. Over the weekend, a report came out that asserted I'd spoken to a media member about his future. That report was false. Uh, Pelissero, Pelissero, Pelissero said team execs are just starting to come back from vacation. Most training camps open in two weeks. The expectation within the league continues to be that if Garoppolo is traded, so, sorry, let me get the F out of there. The expectation is that Garoppolo is traded somewhere by the end of the month. We call him TP. TP. Pelissero, Michigan, Michigan alum, Tom Pelissero. Minnesota native, I think. Maybe not native's the wrong word. Uh, resident. I think he lives in the Minnesota area. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. I mean, we we haven't got. It's July 11th. Now, I would say the Yee camp. Oh, and Rick Stroud also shut the, the initial report down. Said the Bucks want no part of him. Basically, who's like their Mayoko, right? I yeah. mean, he's he knows it well. I do think the Bucks would be interested if Tom Brady had retired. That would have been something because they would not be trying to lose. They do not have the money one to just make a pure trade. I just went to the cap space. The irony is the Browns do have the cap space. They're one of the few teams that has the cap space. The Bucks do not. They have $12 million. So there would have to be some, either they have to release somebody, Jimmy would have to take a pay cut. The other thing is Jimmy, you know, you're trading him there. To me, he'd have to be somewhat on board because he would be going there to sit on the bench. Like, I, I think you could justify if you felt, and again, I don't feel this way, but if you were the Niners, I'm just trading him to be their backup. So if Tom were to get hurt, they're in a good position. Why wouldn't we just keep him as our backup? Right now, again, I, I do think there are the variable of like having Trey get be the voice of the locker room. 
But I understand trading him to a team that needs him to start, like it's doing a solid by him to make the trade. But if I'm trading him somewhere to be the backup, that doesn't make much sense. I, I could see the hesitancy for the Niners. Like if you're just going to give me a late sixth, conditional sixth to get Jimmy. Why wouldn't I just wait to see what happens? Yeah, I mean the the problem is Jimmy would be more likely to accept being a backup somewhere else, although maybe not Tampa, because the Niners. You know, if you're going to take a pay cut, you. I, sh- I shouldn't say this as a blanket statement because um, uh, Mariota took a pay cut to stay with the Raiders as a backup quarterback, right? Once upon a time. Remember now, when you and I thought it was nuts. We thought it was crazy. Now, ultimately, he was gone. Uh, you know, if you told me Jimmy Garoppolo makes $12 million to be somebody's backup next year, it would make sense for him, and I've said this, to remain on the 49ers and be Trey Lance's backup because, A, it's the best chance for him to succeed, and, B, he has seen Trey Lance and the style of play that he has. He could get hurt. He's young. Whatever. It would make sense for equal dollars if he's going to be a backup in Tampa or a backup for the Niners to be the backup for the Niners. Now, your counter could be, well, Trey is very young. Tom is very old. By going to Tampa, he sets himself up to be the starting quarterback there for what is a championship contender whenever Tom Brady is done. So it would. it's not as crazy as it sounds, but... I just I think it would be a little weird from a Tampa standpoint. I don't now look Tampa and Bruce Arians are not a match, but Bruce Arians isn't the coach of the box, right? So he has, a, he has a fake job upstairs. He's got a fake job. So in that sense, maybe he's. I saw. Uh, I think Jimmy was thirty third in the league in downfield accuracy last year. You know, so he's he's not a match with historically what a Bruce Arians offense would do, and obviously with what Tom does, but. Um, it's hard to get quarterbacks. So if they think they're going to need a quarterback next year, is Kyle Trask, if they don't think Kyle Trask is the quarterback of their future, you know, from that standpoint, it makes some sense, but you know, how much are they giving you? I don't think, I don't think it'd be Jimmy's number one. The only thing is Don Yee could tell Jimmy, look, Jimmy, here is the succession plan. You will eventually succeed Tom just as was always planned. It's just in a different place. And basically Tampa doing that as a, has a contingency plan to be ahead of the curve. So they don't have to bid against him next year when he becomes an unrestricted free agent, basically getting getting his rights, doing a wink-wink James Harden-type deal, and just having him around knowing that he'll pay him. You know, what I've said, like two years, $60 million at the end of this year, guarantee him 45 or whatever, and just give him a chance to start and kind of get his career rolling again. I, I do not see any circumstance where he's a backup quarterback next year for $12 million. You know, I, I have a hard time, you know, because w- when I think that, like, I think like, you know, th- just think like top 15 quarterbacks, the Dax, the even Cousins, the Cars, and then on top of the top guys, I don't see them on any of those teams. So all the shittier teams, like let's just say a shitty team like that has a connection to them, the Giants, like Dayball had been around them in New England. Ultimately, to me, Jimmy plays a lot there. Now, maybe if like they were open to it, like they don't actually don't, not that comfortable. I'm just using this complete hypothetical. I don't think this is necessarily going to happen because if you're the Giants, it makes sense to just do the one year, see what you got, and then go from there. That's the classic new coach move. And maybe you find lightning in a bottle. Maybe you don't. But like you, you get Jimmy next year. That to me is like the Tampa thing. Just there were some connections. He does have a relationship. Like he does, he, Tom does know him. Now we could argue the, did that thing fall apart? Did Tom really stab him in the back? Was Tom really just fighting for his own? You read the book. It was really just Tom thought he was going to get replaced and didn't want to leave, which is somewhat understandable. Like, I, I think Tom did what, what do you think? 95, 99% of people. Yeah, Tom had a relationship with the owner and he knew he could leverage that to keep his job. So, 
it does feel now again, who knows when this thing is ever. And they have the same down. agent. Like that's not I would add that to your list of things. Yeah. Tom did used to take him while he was on the team to the Lakeley Derby. I don't think yeah. that's nothing. I don't think he did not not like him. But it still to me feels gotta give Papa credit on this one that the Browns make the most sense, assuming he gets I mean there guy, there have been talks. I know you mentioned this to me with Florio. I, I've had a couple people text me that they've read the stuff that like think that Deshaun Watson again. The judge, the arbitrator, the, the league can overrule her, but she could recommend like four games. But like if she recommends no punishment, they can't punish him. Now she can punish, she can say four game punishment and then they make it 12. But I, I think if she says no punishment, then they don't punish him. Which would be insane for the NFL. Which was Florio. Yeah. I mean, now we also, as we're talking, there's um, part of this. Jeremy Fowler was just on SportsCenter today, Monday and said that the Seahawks have had internal discussions about Garoppolo. Quote, they've done their film work to see how he will fit. You know, they haven't had, they've had time with Geno Smith. They haven't had a lot of time with Drew Locke. It, you know, part of acquiring Drew Locke for uh, hefty Russell Wilson is let's get him in here and see what we think of him. But I think right now the Seahawks are widely viewed as a non-playoff contender. Now you and I have talked about this and kindly, I mean, universally, universally, <laughs> you and I talked about Jimmy on the Seahawks a long time ago and thought it doesn't make, a, usually a team will acquire a player who has played well against them. doesn't make a ton of sense to acquire a player who doesn't scare you at all. But I mean, maybe we're looking at it a little differently. Maybe the Seahawks are looking at it like, well, he scares us more than Drew Locke does. He's more acceptable of a quarterback than Drew Locke is. And whatever you guys say about his downfield accuracy, we can fix because we're just going to have him throw into DK Metcalf. Um, so, you know, may, maybe you get a surprise uh, contender. Seahawks would be a weird spot, but, you know, I don't, I think it would say a lot about what the Niners think if they were to send him there. I, I do think the one thing I'd push back on Fowler, maybe John Schneider, because he's the general manager, like did his own film study, but like Pete and the coaching staff, and he's a defensive guy. They have extensive scouting reports on Jimmy Garoppolo these last five years, right? I mean, they play the Niners twice a year. They played them in the epic game, whatever, three years ago, right? I mean, I I would say they have copious notes on Jimmy uh, James Garoppolo, as some might say. Like, I mean, I, I would say Pete would have a very, very, without even doing one extra minute of film, like, Pete, what is your opinion on Jimmy Garoppolo? You know, you stood on the sideline and played him six times over the last four years. Because he hasn't gotten hurt, so he probably missed a couple. And Shane Waldron, who was their offensive coordinator, saw him. Right, he was he was in um, L.A. with the Rams. But they've got a they've got a McVay guy as their offensive coordinator now, right? Well, wouldn't Jimmy fit in kind of what they're doing? That's what I'm saying. Like Pete would have a certain opinion, but Shane Waldron played against Jimmy from the other side of it, the team that got beat by Garoppolo a lot. That's what well, he coached. The one thing I believe to my core, unlike the NBA, where people are already feels like tanking for this French guy, who I, you know, I'd heard some hype and I, I did a little YouTube deep dive. You know, it was good, but I, I think he's a little overhyped. Uh, subject to change my opinion the more uh, YouTube I watch. I, I do think if you're Pete Carroll at 71 years old, under no circumstances is he tanking the season. Now, they may end up being really shitty, which, like you said, you're not going to meet a human being that's going to say like, Oh, Seattle this year, nine wins. But like Pete thinks that, Hey, I've done this before flying under the radar. Now we'll fucking be fine. 
when I say fine, like I, there's no way he doesn't believe they're going to be competitive. Now, once he realized they're going to suck, maybe once the season starts, but I, I do not think Pete goes into this thinking they're going to win three games or, or, or let me rephrase that wants to do that. Well, I think some people think like they're just cool with tanking the season. What to get a quarterback that might then be two years away. Like you get Bryce young who will be ready to take you to the playoffs in like three. We're talking like 2025 Pete's in his seventies. He's not 48. So th- this notion that they're, cool with being really shitty one is just not true they've been good for too long and two his whole mantra and ethos is like competition 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 so i I don't think it's crazy at all and maybe simply the niners ideally want to avoid that but would you argue would they be better off they get his number down keeping him over letting him go to seattle or you can't even worry about that well i mean depends on what that number is but i do think there's a world where Jimmy Garoppolo at a reasonable number to be your backup quarterback because your starting quarterback is cheap makes sense. As long as it's very clear he is the backup quarterback. He is not the starting quarterback, right? That's where it makes it a little weird. It's like, well, Trey is one and two. How's he playing going into week four? Is it time to make the switch to Garoppolo? You could argue you don't even want that. You don't even want that thought. But we've seen the Niners seasons get derailed multiple times or complicated at minimum by injured quarterbacks. So I think it makes sense to keep him around from that standpoint at a certain number, depending on what Seattle's offering, right? Is Are we at a point where you're getting a seventh-round pick for to send him to the Seattle Seahawks? I wouldn't want to do that because I do think he makes Seattle better than they would be with either Drew Locke or Geno Smith at quarterback. I do think that about them, right? And I bet Kyle Shanahan thinks that about them. Kyle Shanahan probably thinks that Seattle is tougher with Jimmy Garoppolo. He has beaten Sean McVay with Jimmy Garoppolo multiple times. So... I, I think in an ideal world, he's not in his ideal world. He's not sending Jimmy to the Seahawks. We joke about it. and They'd love to play him, blah, blah, blah. Fred Warner would pick him off four times, all that stuff. But I don't think Kyle would want to send him there. If you could send him anywhere, it would Seattle would not be his first choice. Yeah. Agreed. But it's all a sliding scale. What would it cost to keep him as a backup? What would it, what would we get for him? What would he be willing to take? If you're Garoppolo, you'd probably be willing to take less to be Seattle's quarterback. I, I think the there's the. I think there's also just the unquantifiable. Is it very risky to keep him as a backup from a human element with the young quarterback and the locker room? I, I think it's fair to like have those, not just reservations, but be like, if you told me they are concrete, like we can't keep him around. I think it's fair to have that opinion. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure there are people internally. That think we can get by if we can figure it out financially. And there are people that are like, this doesn't make any sense. This is not the way you operate. Look at Bill is a good example of like, say what you want about Bill. He liked Cam Newton. And under no circumstances was Cam going to stick around because they just were going to give the reins. They were going to let Mac drive the boat, right? And part of letting the guy drive a boat, and I know it's risky, like he could get hurt, but it's like, that's the football. Like Mahomes. But was hurt. part of that Cam Newton, you know, Cam, it got complicated with Cam right before the season. Remember, he was on track to start and then he, what do you, yeah, I mean, they get the but, shot but, or whatever it was, but it was clear. COVID. Like, it, it, remember, Cam had started all the preseason game. They just wanted Mac to not even have to work. He's a big personality in the locker room. Like, Jimmy's very good friends yeah. with a lot of people. Yeah. But I, 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 I what I'm saying is, Cam, was, was, I don't was, think you can do that. Yeah. What I'm saying is, was Belichick going to cut Cam if Cam had been available? I would say yes. Um, Assuming he was going to make Mac, maybe maybe his plan was to have ease Mac into it. Maybe like give Cam a couple starts and then make Mac. Assuming assuming that was not his plan, I think Cam was fucked. 
if uh, if Jimmy doesn't want to take less money to be your backup quarterback, and Seattle's the only offer, then you have to trade him there because you're going to cut him eventually, and he'll sign there on his own, right? Yeah. So then you would have to do that trade and get something for him. Assuming Seattle would want him. You know, I mean, there's a difference right, between right, right. internal mean, discussions and like, we're going to sign this player. Absolutely. And they may only want him if he become if he might, you know what it could be also, see, from Seattle standpoint, we're doing the work in case he gets cut. We're not trading for him. We're, we just traded yeah. for Drew Locke. We're not trading for Jimmy Garoppolo. Wait, Are you kidding? Which I understand, and ESPN is guilty as anybody of doing this, like, Guess what? What do you think pro personnel people do all day? They evaluate fucking the league. And especially guys like, hey, this guy might get cut, whether he's in your division or not. Like, we need to have as many grades on him. Let's have our OC and our quarterback coach do a deep dive on him. Because the one thing you would say about Shane Waldron and whoever their quarterback coach is, even when he's with the Rams, he might see him on the sideline, but he's evaluating the defense of the Niners and of Seattle and Arizona. So it's like, hey, can you do a deep dive on Jimmy these last? You know, here's ups or whatever that protocol like the Pittsburgh Steelers probably did that before they drafted Kenny Pickett you know it's just that's their job you know what what you do I mean that's 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 just part of what do you do all day like once season ends you do projects like this hey we might these three guys might be available let's rank them no different in the draft I I would imagine a lot of the Jimmy Garoppolo work just in general for a lot of teams you know, February and March, a lot of people did deep dives on him. You know, even after the combine and he got injured, let's just have, be ready whenever this plays out, if we're ever interested or not, right? Right. What number, and then what number, let's talk about what we think of him, and let's talk about what he would be worth to us from a financial standpoint. Exactly. How much would we, would we be willing to, is he good enough to pay $8 bucks if he's willing to come in here and be Drew Locke's backup, right, or whatever? Just tell him, hey, you can compete for the job? Yeah. Because he, he'd get some of that if he were cut. John, before we go any further, let's tell the people about Indeed. Indeed. Right now. Indeed.com slash ham. Indeed.com slash ham. Indeed.com slash ham to start hiring right now. Indeed.com slash ham. Yep. No other job site takes care of you like Indeed. Because with Indeed, you only have to pay if an applicant meets your must-have requirements. Right now, people, you know, there's a lot of applicants out there. Indeed puts you in control of what you pay. So, you know, you're paying to play here. You don't have to pay for something that you end up not using. You set your must-have job requirements and only pay for applications that meet them. It's very, very easy, very, very transparent. Uh, Indeed's the only job site where you only pay for applications that meet the requirements. I mean, I think that's key. You you don't want to be wasting time on people that don't fit what you're looking for. Indeed.com slash ham. When you're building a great dream team, great scouts can help you. Indeed, the middle coughs of the job market. So you help find your future MVPs first. Like uh, name name somebody you like that everyone else hated. Who's the receiver? Robert Woods. You were high on Robert Woods. Other people thought he stunk. You liked Robert Woods. Uh, so hire great talent faster. You need Indeed. Like Job said, they're doing something no other job site has done. Now with Indeed, businesses only pay for quality applications matching the sponsored job description. Just go to Indeed.com slash ham. That's Indeed.com slash ham. Terms and conditions apply. You need to hire. You need Indeed. Prize Picks is America's number one fantasy sports app because it's the easiest and most exciting way to get in on the action. While you watch your favorite players in sports, you just pick more or less on two or more player stats, and then the fun is 
on. Prize Picks has something for every sports fan, from basketball to hockey to League of Legends and everything in between. It's really simple to play. You make your picks, submit an entry in less than 60 seconds. I'll do it at halftime of a basketball game. And I also have some season-long more or less picks on MLB homers. You may remember, I've got less on Otani homers this year. We'll see. And at halftime of your next NBA blowout game, just jump on and go, ah, Steph Curry more than 11 points in the second half. It'll change the game for you. Download the Prize Picks app and use the code HAM50 for a first deposit match of up to $100. That's HAM50 for a first deposit match of up to $100. Prize Picks, pick more, pick less. It's that easy. ButcherBox.com slash ham and another special deal. Free for a year, you get salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips in every order for a year, plus an additional 20 bucks off right now at ButcherBox.com slash ham. Been telling you about it for years. Been eating it for years on a regular basis. Easily find high-quality meat and seafood. You can trust 100% grass-fed beef free-range organic chicken, pork-raised, crate-free, and wild-caught seafood. Always be prepared with meat in the freezer when you get butcherbox.com ham delivered right to your doorstep with free shipping. ButcherBox is offering you free for a year plus an additional 20 bucks off either salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips in every order for free. Sign up today at butcherbox.com slash ham and use the code ham to choose your free offer for a year plus get $20 off your first order. What's up, everybody? It's your old friend, John Middlecoff. I'm here to tell you about our friends at game time. Here's what I need you to do. Go to your smartphone, download a little app called game time. Baseball season's in full swing. Oracle Park, been there a million times, never doesn't live up to the hype. Go get yourself some garlic fries, a brewski, maybe uh, some ice cream. They have very good Ghirardelli ice cream there. And when you do that, promo code HAM. So download the Game Time app, your first pair of tickets, promo code HAM, H-A-M, save $20. The A's, only going to be in the Bay Area for the rest of this season. You probably can basically go for free. Just buy a pair of tickets to any baseball game. They also have comedy shows if you want to check one of those out, or concerts. Game time app, promo code HAM. Save yourself $20. We don't even need a thank you. Just hammer that promo code. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Iceman on the stream says, got my new job because of Indeed. Hell yeah. Cameron on the stream applied for 27 jobs on Indeed in the last day. Well, you know, you see some of these tech companies, people getting laid off. You know, I don't know if you check the stock market. Plummeting still. Stop! It's not stopping, though. Uh, I'm just looking forward to the uh, discovery portion of the Elon uh, lawsuit. I, I can't wait. Again, I, I am... I think he knows he's right, or maybe he's just really confident in his educated guess. Because if it comes out and all these people go into 
prison for fraud, it would be pretty incredible. That's what I'm rooting for. Seems like I, an extreme outcome, but but I truly believe that they're lying. I mean, part, it, but it's not an extreme outcome because if they that part of it, they claim everything's public. But if it's not true, well, I'm public, just saying people going to jail for this stuff usually is an extreme outcome, right? Hasn't happened though for a while, and usually every cyclical like. Every 10 years, as things get weird, you need people to like a lot of stuff. You need like some, just to remind people. By the way, yeah. so, sorry, totally separate. Just just popped up. Have you seen the video of the two airplanes colliding in midair with the skydivers and one of the planes blows up and all the skydivers go flying? Is it real? <sighs> Boy, I, I, you know, this is again, I, I've, very tried real. To, I've tried to be very careful. Shannon Sharp's burner is the account that they posted. <laughs> yeah, I just I, I feel like I get a lot of energy that I would not have had. And I, for the majority, you know, 25 years of my life before this stuff happened. And it's just constantly in my life, even just stuff like that. Like dude shot on the street in Philadelphia, just a video of him shot on the street was on my Twitter oh, account today. Yeah, I'm watching that. But, but again, you can't not watch, you just scroll and it just boom, it just hits you. You can't even avoid some of it. And it's just creating the, the anxiety and healthiness that is just not great for my uh, my soul and oh, my. See, uh, I I um, I hate starting conversations with. Have you seen that video? I try to avoid that, but I will say this video, unlike anything you've seen, someone says real, real and old. Very very. But did real. you see the video that went viral yesterday of the avalanche thing? I did see that video. <laughs> yeah, just like that's just that just creates. You get your heart. It just changes your whole day. You know, you see that you're like, God, did that guy live? Yeah, did he? I don't know. What if I told you he suffocated alive? All right. Uh, suffocate alive. See, yeah. See, that's where I don't, I'm not interested in that. Um, but again, you're not, it just, but it creates the feelings in your body. You can't even, you're better at like, how do you control Twitter and not seeing all I just don't negativity? get on it. How often do you get on it a day? Uh, I don't know. I try not to stay on it for long periods of time. Maybe that's, I just do a scroll and I get, I, it just feels unavoidable. I think I've got a pretty good filter on my timeline. Maybe that's part of it. Like it's, I feel like sports is the least of what I get, and I feel everyone like survives most sports. Oh yeah, I'm, I'm. Uh, am I mostly sport? I, I mean, I think. So. See, but it, see, it like it doesn't. It honestly crosses my mind several times a week, and sometimes daily. I should deactivate. And what would the ultimate outcome? I don't think anything in my life would change, except I would be happier. Steve Kerr did it, and he's even said, like, I feel much better about myself. Yeah. Easier with some jobs than others. Steve Kerr has – there's zero value to Steve Kerr being on Twitter. But ultimately, like, I don't make any money there. I do get information there, but That's I can saying. get just, information For me, it's the information. Where are, you getting all, where are you getting all the information consolidated in the same way? Well, I'd, ha- I'd have to look a little bit at other places. I think I could find it. It'd be a little more difficult. But I, see, that's where I think the value of Twitter is that it provides you don't you're not looking for it. It just presents the information to you based on who you follow. But the problem that you've is, identified, these are the things I want to know. Agree. And I originally followed a lot of these people in in what we do. And it I only get half of what they do because they also give me their eight other opinions on seven things going on in society that I don't. It's just hard to siphon through. And depending on the time of the year, it's like I got seven NFL reporters you know, just going off about something like this, but I need them for basically like, I know I just you need a filter on your brain is almost what you need. You know? Well, it's like, I appreciate the athletic again. You can have any political opinion you want in life. I don't give a fuck. Think for yourself. Do you, 
I like the athletic that just says, hey, stick to sports. Because honestly, ultimately, it's just on Twitter. I'm coming there for your sports, your info, which is really just news. So then I can use to monetize. But it's just hard to it, it's hard to siphon through. It's like a tough hike. You know, you're like climbing, you're trying to summit, but you just there's like a mountain lion and then there's like an avalanche. You're just constantly fighting things to get to the top. Did you see the video of Kelsey Plum's all WNBA All-Star Game trophy? No. I did see a picture it's of very her. small. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's very small. But she, um, she go to Oregon? No, uh, she went to Washington. I've does I know Kelsey. I've done some games with her, and um, she's awesome. She was very good at broadcasting. Great player, all time. Uh, was there an Oregon read, star recently too? Well, Sabrina team. UNESCO was at Oregon. Yeah, it's she two was awesome. Yeah. Um. All right. They would have been Lance, great Mountain West players. Trey, Trey Lance arm fatigue, John. Uh, at this point, you know, how many games is Trey Lance going to miss with arm f- fatigue? Five or more over under? Let's talk about arm fatigue for a second because people hate this story, like really hate this story. Well, again, you know, Twitter hates this story. Which well, is Niner fans hate this story. story. I'll be specific. Niner fans hate the story. They think it's completely made up. Uh, I got a couple texts from Niner fans like, were you there? What would you think? Like, I-, I had some people just wondering, like, is this true? Okay. Yeah. Sure. Niner fans like that, but but I think most Niner fans view this story as as it, why are they trying to tear our guy down for no good reason? See, I see. I I think that's social media. I think a lot of people. Well, yeah. Are, okay. I'm basing group. it on social media. Yes, that is what Niners Twitter thinks. Put it that way. <laughs> yeah. Most people like most stories don't really know what to think and don't follow it that closely. That's yes. the reality. But if you said to a random the Niner who fan, follow. The Niner fans who follow it very, very closely think it's bullshit or want it to be bullshit. Maybe that's the better way to put it. Well, I wanted it to be like, I didn't see that. I was there. And then I started doing the the math. I'm like, did we ever go to three straight practices? The most we ever went to were back-to-back days, and he canceled the third day. And the back-to-back days were really short. So I can't – I don't judge anyone on actions. It's why Pete Carroll, he always talks about Drew Locke. It wouldn't shock me if he signs – Jimmy Garoppolo, if he's, I judge you on your actions, not your words in pro sports, because your words mean fucking nothing. They don't mean a damn thing. When Darvin Ham talking about Russell Westbrook, this whole thing, they are, remember Kyle, we were in the press conference when Kyle was asked about his release, and he downplayed, it's like, Kyle, you guys are actively working on it. Like, there's nothing wrong with that, but he does not want that to become a story, and I get it, because words become stories, but like, I'm judging on your actions, we're out of practice, it's clear he's trying to shorten it up a little bit. And some throws are, and some throws are not. This one, I hadn't heard that. I know you hadn't heard that. I think most people in the Niners sphere hadn't necessarily heard that. I hadn't seen it. Like, our first practice, we saw Danny Gray. He was using the Theragun on his thigh. It looked to me like he hurt his his quad or his hamstring, whichever. whichever and then he was, was limited on. in practice. It was, it was like, okay, hurt. I saw that. I That happened. The Trey yeah. one, we never saw evidence of it. But if you factor in what we actually saw, we it wasn't like a training camp week where we went to four straight days of practice. The most we ever went to were two practices that were like an hour and 20 minutes. So I, I can't unequivocally without like, I, I couldn't put $10,000 that this is an untrue story. It is possible that there's some truth. And here's the other thing. Mike Silver ain't just Joe Blow blogger in their parents' basement. He's been fucking covering the NFL since the early 90s. And here's who he knows, the Shanahan family, pretty well. Like, we know that for a fact. 
So I, I, I don't think he just pulled this out of his ass. And you could argue that some people just get arm fatigue. Think about it. When did he throw this much? Just in general, right? He wouldn't have thrown this much last year. He wasn't taking as many reps. Uh, just the consistency of it. His buildup for his NFL career was really jumbled. No fault of his own. I, well, I, I guess what I'm saying is not yeah, playing I, games could contribute to arm fatigue in that all, if all you do is drills, you don't play a football game, you don't practice normally. And to me, is there a difference of fatigue of like, is his arm sore that he's never felt used to? Or is it like one day he had quote unquote dead arm or something? When I was in the NFL, Maybe one I remember, day John Beck was like, yeah, let's dial it back. You're not throwing it as efficiently today. But I don't think it happens in that. I think it happens in like, I remember like Kevin Cobb, his first camp year. arm. Yeah, he just got camp arm and it's just not used to it. And would be, to me, it would be somewhat understandable for him who had this weird transition. Cody on the stream play. says, Cody on the stream says, Ted Wynn and Ben Albright both said the Niners coaching staff called it BS. Again, of course they're going to call it. We watched Kyle Shanahan deny they're trying to mess with his motion in any way, shape, or form. Where I come from on this particular topic is maybe it is true. I don't care if it is. I really don't. I I think it's it. it, Maybe there's something to it. We didn't see anything to it. Maybe there is something to it. Okay, whatever. Like, I, I don't think Mike Silver's report was. He has arm fatigue, and they're concerned that it's because of structural issues in his shoulder. <laughs> he said one time again, I, 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 I didn't want to get into what he said so much as I don't think it's really. If this turns out to be an important story, then 12 other things have gone wrong. Like to me, this is well down the list of important things as it relates to Trey Lance. Yeah, it's going to it's going to plague his entire career. <laughs> if a statement like that, because he needs Tommy John surgery, then I would be alarmed. Yeah. Ultimately, guy, we are whatever, July 11th. What's the next month? August, September. We're we're two months away from what's week one, right? Like basically 10 days into the season. I think it's like the 10th or 11th. We're we're two two months away uh, if I'm doing my math right. So the rubber's going to meet the road. You go to the range. You can hit great golf shots. You eventually got to play. Like he's eventually going to play. And to me, that's... All these stories about him, it was awesome, for, I guess, for our business. But ultimately, it kind of once the season started, it was about like the game and it, how Jimmy was playing or when Trey played, how he played. How's this guy going to play? Like, to me, that's what's going to – and we can start judging him really in practice once the blithe bullets are flying, even when he can't get sacked. And then, obviously, any preseason action, which who knows how much he's going to get. But week one I, – I, I, who are they playing week one? Tampa? New Orleans? Atlanta, Carolina, at the Bears, at the Bears, like then we'll see. I'd even argue that I guess even before there is there because here's the thing in the in the OTAs beside the mandatory minicamp, the media only has access to one practice. So we only got to see one practice a week. And then the three days he only had two because he canceled the one training camp. The rules are off. It's all open. So if like. I would say this, if the second week of training camp, early August, Trey has to have an off day, that would be something that we would talk about, right? We're yeah, like, oh, yeah. there might be something here. But if he doesn't, then who the, the, it, the fatigue, he battled through it, or it never existed, who cares? It was annoying that he took, in all the OTA practices we went to, equal reps with everybody else. 
But could that be telling? Yes, yeah, I'm saying. So maybe that was something. Now, in OTAs, do starting quarterbacks get more reps? Uh, Aaron Rodgers wouldn't necessarily. But to me, a young quarterback starter, should. Patrick Mahomes might. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> Trey Lance should have been getting more reps than the other quarterbacks at the OTA practices we went to. In my opinion, that's how I structure my practices, John. Uh, Kyle Shannon and I have different philosophies on that. But Trey did not. Trey did not get more reps. It did not. Now, I mean, he got more than Brock Purdy, I think. But maybe not. I mean, he definitely didn't get more. I thought they were more. going like 3-3-3, three, 3-3-3. Three, 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 yeah, three, he definitely three, didn't three. get more than uh, Sudfeld. It wasn't like a 10-2 split. You know, that's that's what I know. Which is what I would have liked to have seen. Selfishly, maybe. But I also think there's a practical value to it. I just think it's quick when anything negative comes out and they have done the positive PR spin as they should, uh, because why would you not? Well, you could control the narrative because once the season starts, there's no controlling the narrative. He either plays well, he doesn't. Right. You either win or you lose. That's just period, point blank, end of story. There's no like, well, we still like. Yeah, you could still. But if he's throwing three interceptions a game, like people are going to think what they're going to think. That's why I do think this time of the year, things can kind of take on a life of their own. But it's like I talked to a guy again. I mean, the expectations for the Lamars and the Herberts and the Mahomes, like these guys go to practice and they dominate. It's just a work in progress. And we remember people got pissed at us for saying that last year in his two starts. We're like, God, he's got a long way to go. Of course he does. Should have a long way to go. Now we'll see like how it's hard to, as we said, like we were just judging the power of his ball, some passes, it's I, I don't feel better or worse. Like he went to a game tomorrow. I I'd be as anticipatory, open-minded about as as anyone watching the game. Like I wouldn't just because you and I went to a practice, I wouldn't feel more more or less confident, right? I'd be if he played great, I'd be impressed. If he didn't, I'd be like, well, it's got a long way to go. Like I don't know. I don't know what we're getting. I, I don't feel very good about making a concrete take on him. I'm actually very unsure. I have a lot of uncertainty. Now it's a it's a skewed uncertainty because his team's good, his coach is good, and their defense is going to be good. But and he's you got like a lot of tools. things going for him. Yeah, but it's I I don't feel confident of like I'm I'm expected thirty and eight. If you told me anywhere eighteen to twenty, I could, it could be all over. I don't know, no clue. Hell, honestly, I bet deep down Kyle would tell you he like well feel good about the progress we're making, but we got a long way to go. Comments. John said, John V says, Hey fellas, it's reported they're doing his throwing motion. So that they're redoing his throwing motion. So that being said, maybe he's just throwing three times the average. I mean, if you're learning to throw differently, I'd imagine you'd throw a lot more. No. Uh, I would imagine that, right. If you're, uh, changing your mechanics, although, you know, I don't think we're seeing, a lot of the work that Kyle Shanahan has talked about historically with him mechanically is his feet more so than his arm. And we watched him at times. His arm looked tighter at times. It didn't in terms of the motion. It didn't always look exactly the same, which is not, you know, you watch guys, sometimes they're trying to do different things. So they throw different ways, but, um, but I do think that the arm motion, if I was defending Kyle, that was a plan for the offseason to try to shorten it up. Once you come here, I'm not going to have you thinking about, we're going to focus on the other stuff. That's on you to kind of figure out. We're going to coach up your footwork with the timing of the passing routes, right? It's yeah. like a golf swing. You can't have seven different thoughts. Like, it's going to be a disaster. So all we're going to think about is one thing. The arm motion's a little bit on you because I ultimately, if you got to have a loopy release, we did draft you that way, hoping we can improve it over time, right? 
it might not be a one-year project. Bam Bam, thank you, says, since when did the Niners leak information? The staff came in hell-bent on trust and no inside leaks. This Gangarello's been a uh, suspect, I guess, in the past. I do think there's a difference of leak information and just like texting a assistant coach and be like, no, well, here's a it. here's a thing that is of interest, but is not actually that dramatic. Uh, Corey on the stream says straight up, what's with all the Lance teardown this offseason? I don't see these reports about the rest of the class. Well, we talk pretty negatively about the rest of the class. So, you know, I think I think the class gets quite a bit of criticism. I think Trevor Lawrence got a lot. Um, definitely Zach Wilson gets a lot of criticism. Justin Fields gets criticism. Mac Jones gets criticism. You know, the only difference between Trey Lance and all those guys is those guys essentially played full seasons for the most part as starting quarterbacks. Uh, Trey Lance, Trey Lance is a little more of a mystery to everybody. Do you feel like Trey is getting in, uh, is getting torn down at a level greater than those other guys? I thought you just said it and you said it before the pod is that, Trevor Lawrence started day one. Zach Wilson started day one. Mac Jones started day one. Justin Fields played relatively early because Dalton got hurt and just was a disaster. This guy, <clears throat> he got thrown into a couple weird spots where I think people kind of gave him the benefit of the doubt. It's just hard to kind of, you're going to start this game, but then you're going to come back out because Jimmy's going to come back. So it's just the evaluation on the pie chart, some guys have 16, 17 games. This guy has two and a half. And it was like, you know, it was kind of weird spots. Uh, a lot, just a lot more unknown with him in general. It's like, well, I've been watching Trevor Lawrence for the last five years. Even the Zach Wilson. Like, I watched all of his BYU games. Obviously, Mac Jones. We watched all of his starts once he became the Alabama guy. Fields played at fucking Ohio State in Georgia. I mean, Trey is just, I would just call him an all-time unknown just to the average fan, right? Because of the way he came up. If if Trey Lance had been UCLA's quarterback, let's say, even a team winning six, seven games, but he was at UCLA, I think people would have a lot more. Uh, I remember watching him against Washington. I, I like a lot of what he brings to the table. He's going to be okay. People would just have fans, would just have concrete opinions, right? I remember watching that three-game stretch where he played you know, Washington, Oregon at USC, and it's like, I, I feel pretty good. They, no one goes off anything. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I mean, I remember going some YouTube and watching him run around against teams. I have no clue who he's playing. It, it is his part of when you're the North Dakota State guy, it's just harder to have a concrete opinion. Like, ultimately, if you like Tua coming out or you didn't, like, you watched him at Alabama. Like, man, I'll never forget him coming in beating Georgia. I still have faith. You're just unknown. Even if you're rooting for him, like, what are you really basing on? Just your hope as a fan that Kyle and John know what they're doing. Yeah. Not because you like watched all of his reps. And even if you did, like, you don't know any of the people he's playing. It's just so much easier to watch the Power Five guys or even the non Power Five guys if you play at Fresno State or whatever, because you can at least watch him play the big time teams. Yeah. And I think some of it's worse just based off st- st- statistical, the stats. Right, so like a lot of people thought Josh Allen was crazy coming out because his stats were terrible, not because everyone was watching Wyoming tape. His stats were awful in college, so this seems crazy. Then he played a lot right away, and it seemed a little less crazy. Immediately, it was clear like he's not a schmuck, right? Physically, it was clear very quickly he's better than his stats would indicate. Generally speaking, his Wyoming stats are the stats of guys that never sniff the NFL. I, I also see this guy in the in the chat here 
concern or not, my problem with Silver and all these arm fatigue reports, there wasn't all these. There was one. It was him. I would is it a to me there's a difference between back in the day, and I think things still get considered this, even though the world we live in is dramatically different. If Michael Silver, let's just hypothetically say, worked for Sports Illustrated or the San Francisco Chronicle and wrote an article out of the blue, like in early July, like, you know, one thing leading into training camp, the 49ers have a lot of concerns, like just made an article and that or that was in his article. It'd be like, damn, he was on a podcast with Coward. They were just bullshitting about football. All these this topic things. is older than that, isn't it? It's the first I'd heard of it. I feel like no arm fatigue. This thing has been going on forever. He just brought it up again. Arm fatigue that he had to miss practices and stuff? Just that like, Trey Lance has battled arm fatigue. This thing's been simmering for a year, it feels like. I, I feel like it's the first time. I don't, I don't know. So. Maybe then I'm not. I, I don't pay as much attention to the the hypothetical stuff that I can't put. I, I Maybe I just start blocking that shit out as we move forward. I think you might have even forgotten that it existed once upon a time. I did. And then when the silver thing came up, I was like, why is this a thing again? Just because people talk. Sorry. Oh, was this in last training camp? Did he get tired? Yeah. 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 But I think. I guess part of the reason I block it out because he wasn't even the starters. Like I moved on. We just started playing the season. You know, part part of your point is like somebody here says. Didn't he hurt his his finger though? Yeah. Yeah. He hurt his his finger. He definitely hurt his finger. Uh, To your point though. Like there is a difference between. And this is where a lot of things I think get blown out now is the way you talk to somebody. You talk to a lot of people. You don't write letters every day, but you talk to people all the time, right? In the day at once upon a time, people wrote letters. The thing you would put in a letter is very different than just the casual conversation you would have with a neighbor in your front yard when you talk for five minutes or whatever. And I think the stuff that got into print and gets into print to your point back in the day was always double sourced, very specific. Now I think things get taken that way. Like we want them to be that way. And then we can repurpose them and regurgitate them and use them. So-and-so said this, so-and-so said that, but it's a much more casual conversation because there's just a lot of talking going on. We're all talking all of the time, podcasting videos, tweeting, like these things have a different standard than once upon a time sports illustrated did. Yeah. They just, the newspaper did. There's just a different standard. And we're just chopping it up. A lot of this stuff to me qualifies as just chopping it up, you know, and it's, and it's different than here's a report. We're just chopping it up. And those things carry a different amount of weight. And so all of this stuff, we want it to be a report because then we can all chop it up about that report when the reality is it's just, we're just talking here. A lot of it. it right. It's why the old school reporters hate us. Like I, I truly don't care whether you're factual or not. I'm just, I make my money in giving opinions on reports. So the more reports, the better for me. It's why, you know, I think a lot of the journos have always hated the radio guys, which are now the podcast guys. Cause ultimately, and I've always understood their hate for that. Well, you too. could, cause you, you, know, you went to journalism school, you know, but I just, I, but, yeah, there's a, you don't get, I, I, my standard is I have to have it double sourced and I have to make sure it's a fact. And your standard is you can just say, I've been hearing it would piss me off if you act like your stuff is as legit as my stuff. Right. I, I do. Understand. I do wonder looking back. I mean, to me, there's a difference in like the Watergate report and like, do you think every single sports report in the 90s were like 
double sourced or is like, was there a lot of this? I'm sure there was a lot. I don't know. But the bottom line was you're, you had a boss who could say, okay, that's good for print or no, you don't have enough yet. Whereas, you know, radio is more this and we're just hanging out historically and you can just kind of say whatever you want and it gets kind of lost. The print is, it is there. You, there is no undo button. You don't get to come back tomorrow or five minutes from now and go, no, no, no. Listen to what I was saying. I wasn't saying this. I was saying that, but that's what I will say about silver is like, if let's just say I went on something and spewed, like I just went on Colin show tomorrow on Fox sports one and just gave some crazy take, not even a take, but like, you know, I'm, I heard something with Bosa's getting a little weird. It'd be like, that would be, who knows? It might go viral or whatever. Yeah. But I have zero equity of ever. I, I might've talked to one person that might've known, might not have known. Mike silver has written reports and been a journalist for a long period of time. Now, I know he's kind of transitioned into the newer world, but like it's always Stephen A's pushback. Like, hey, motherfuckers. I, I'm a reporter. I, I'm a reporter first yeah. and foremost. Like Mike Silver's like, hey, blogger. And listen, I love the bloggers, but like uh, I, I talk to, I have, check my Rolodex in my phone. I can talk to 90% of the OCs, DCs, and head coaches immediately. That's who I take. And Rogers. <laughs> well, I backed up on the vaccine. We're not close anymore, so I've pivoted to... uh Chase Garbers. Hopefully he makes the squad with the Raiders. But so that's where I do think the sort like when Albert Breer or Mike Silver, like these guys are talking to all, not only that, just non-agents, like to people in the league. So they might say some things that an individual team, it makes them mad. But I do believe that like, do you know who Mike Silver knows very well? Mike Shanahan, Kyle Shanahan, John Lynch, like very well. If you told me that he's texted those guys within the last Two days, I would I would bet on it. Minimum two or three of them, you know. And Jed, and Jed, not saying that Jed is the end all be all, but like Jed's probably a good source because he's talking to those guys too. So it's just, I do think the source does matter when we just act like, oh, Mike Silver, what does he know? I don't know. He's been covering the league now for thirty two years, especially that team, and he knows that connection now that they have the Shanahan family running it. So it's just, I, I, you know. I think there's a difference of talkers who just kind of bullshit. And I would claim like I'm a bullshitter, but Mike Silver is a guy I would say based on fact that now is kind of transitioned because again, like that's where he gets his information from those people. Like he's not breaking down schemes or even draft picks. He goes, well, I've heard a lot of people in the league think this It's kind of his thing. So I guess back to the fatigue thing. Ultimately, I don't really care. I only care if it actually is something that impacts training camp and the season. And we'll see. It's definitely something to keep an eye on now because you can't hide it. And I guess going back to once I saw that story and I just thought about experiencing OTAs, they could have hit it in front of us. And I didn't even think about the reps. Yeah. They could have. But also, you know, this the, the, the OTA schedule that we witnessed was not, like you said, very strenuous. But it doesn't mean that an offseason, you know, a workout playing with your personal quarterback, that can be that it that can be two times a day, right? Those workouts well, can so think be about doing straight. that and then all of a sudden coming to the team. That's just a lot of it could be like three straight months of kind of grinding with the arm, right? In the offseason. When you know your season, he didn't take any first team reps, he kind of ran the scout team. By the way, I, guys, I think tend to get this this time. They, they tend to get it. They don't get it in the season generally. You don't hear about quarterbacks' arms getting tired during the season. They don't throw that much. Wasn't that what Rogers talked about? Why he wanted OTAs canceled? Because he's like, I haven't gone to him the last couple of years, and I've won the MVP because I felt now he's older. But I remember him telling, I think McAfee or someone that like 
probably only McAfee is the only guy he talks to, <laughs> claimed that he felt so much fresher and he thought that that's really benefited in the last two years is not going to the offseason. Again, him, Tom, I mean, you're talking about old quarterbacks that have been doing it for a long time, but I would guess if you just pulled every quarterback over 30 who's a starter in the league, they say probably the little less they throw in the offseason, the more like baseball pitchers, like how much are they really throwing for those three or four months off, right? But then the season starts and they throw a hundred pitches every fifth day. A football game, football, it's 30 throws once every seven days. But you do practice three days. Oh, a week. I'm saying the game is not the game is not where you get fatigue. The season is not where you get fatigue. You're not yeah. throwing the football every day in practice, really. I think the key is really just being fresh for the games, right? Yeah. For Rodgers, that's the key. But for the problem for a guy like Trey, if this is a factor, the only way you improve is through the practice throwing. Right? I, I'm much more interested in Trey not getting hit on his seventh run of the first half in the knee. That's, to me, far more important than arm fatigue. Whenever I argue with someone how great his situation is, talk about all the skill guys, then I'm like, you know, he's got the best left tackle in the game. And then I realize, like, there's four other offensive linemen. So it's like, it's like, well, Trent can't block all the guys up front. So it's like, and he's got, don't know who any of the other guys are besides McGlinchey. He's coming back from a major injury. Trent, was figuring that out right now, John. <laughs> I, I say that a lot. I'm like, he's got receivers he's got juice he's got kittle he's got seven running backs and a coach that's going to run the ball then he's got trent williams best alignment in the game ea claimed he's the first 99 guy that's a complete lie there have been several guys 99 in the history of the league the only reason i looked that up is because i saw mark slareth arguing with someone on twitter because mark was like this is bullshit he's like what are you guys talking about he's like jonathan ogden you ever heard of him and so i just googled the youtube i'm like uh, Baltimore Ravens 2002 Madden rankings. Jonathan Ogden was a 99. So there had been other guys in Madden that were 99s, and they made a big deal for Trent. And I don't blame Trent for being excited. All the Niners were retweeting it. But it's a lie. Like, he's not the first O-lineman that was a 99, even though he's worth it. He should be a 99. But if I'm Jonathan Ogden, like, hey, guys, you know me? I'm in the Hall of Fame. Or Orlando Pace. Like, I was also a 99 for five straight years. It's kind of crazy how EA just made that up. Maybe they just... I don't know why, but that's not true. Did like you see that thing go, are they under new ownership? Did you see that thing go viral like last week about Trent being the first 99? Uh, you know, I saw it and then it was gone. Like I didn't, um, I chewed it up and spit it out. You know what I mean? I didn't swallow as uh, Lane Kiffin would say, rat poison. But uh, no, I didn't realize that it was uh, false information out there. Yeah. D- uh, fake news. I wonder what the deal with that is. You know, I just think you just, believe that you can get Austin says first 99 club since Madden started that. I don't know what that. Yeah. They just think they can get it by people that, you know, there's a thing called the internet. I think it was easier to pull off in like 88, you know, it's like, yeah, well, how, how do I look up something to 72? Closer, I closer to sports talk host and journal journalists wouldn't get away with that. True journalists wouldn't get away with saying Trent Williams was 99 first ever. No, not in the newspaper at least. I believed it. And it wasn't yeah. until I saw Schlereth arguing with a guy with seven followers. <laughs> <laughs> he just claimed it was a lie because I think he's defending he took, the honor of the previous 99s. He just took a lot of pride in no lineman. And he's just like, oh, you can't forget about all these guys. He wasn't even trying to like act like Trent Williams wasn't worthy. This guy says overall ranking Ogden was a 98. But that's not true. In, in 2002, Ogden was a 99. Huh. I, I Googled it. I mean, no, I went to YouTube. Rod Woodson on the team. Ray Lewis was a nine. They had that team was like, Jesus, they had like eight guys, 97 and above. 
So somebody on YouTube was breaking down the ratings of all of the Ravens on that team. No, what it is is basically like if you and I were playing Madden 02, gotcha. you know, like when you were looking at their roster and it would slowly go down, it was just like the video game. And it, I think you can do that for a lot of teams. Like if you just type in like 04, you know, Dallas Cowboys, Madden, Madden 04, Dallas Cowboys, it would just go through the squad. <laughs> YouTube changed the game. Yeah, you, there was nothing that's not. I, other than Garth singing to make you feel my love, which was once on YouTube and is no longer on YouTube, just about everything else I think you can find it. Garth sang it live on like Ellen and like, uh, or some show, you know, like 20 years ago. It's such a good version of the song. You can't find it. it kills me. I saw a breakdown of like how much money Garth Brooks has left on the table for in the history of artists. Like everyone just, he's relented. like the Notre Dame of, yeah, he just refused. And it's just like, guys, guy was worth a billion, like 20 years. I just don't think he cares. And at this point, like, what's it really worth to him? Even though he has cost himself just extra more money. But he but, never wakes up and goes, man, I wish this bedroom was a little bigger. No. <laughs> I wish this private jet was a little faster. Yeah, it's like, hey, guys, he, he hasn't gone to a United uh, terminal in, in, since about 93. So I, I don't think who it, he definitely knows about it now, but it was someone's idea. And it was probably ahead of its time, but you would say it's probably aged poorly the last decade, I would say. What? What has? Why would you not be everywhere? Oh. Right? Control, maybe? Yeah, would be it, the reason, right? But but it feels like, when I think of Napster, you know, the number one guy was Lars or whatever, the drummer yeah. from Metallica who hated him. And, and he took a lot of shit for it. But, like, I can find there's nothing Metallica you couldn't find on YouTube. You could literally see, like, every live performance they've had in the last 25 years. Some of them are incredible. I've watched them. But you would say, like, Complete ownership sometimes. Your own independence is But part of it, right, was because Walmart was the only place where you get it. Walmart, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Lee, I I listen to a lot of Garth Radio, and every once in a while, he'll be like, now this next track. And it's like, oh, Chris Gaines, why are you trying to sneak Chris Gaines in on me, man? Come on. You remember when he tried to play third base for the Padres? He used to go to spring training, I think, more than once. I think he did it a lot, actually. I think they let him play. Was it Tony Romo? Game. There was a famous player relatively recent that played in a game, right? Will Ferrell? Well, Billy Crystal got an A-B once. I think I think Garth got a game. Garth got more than it got. Garth got a game. I was going to say third, but that would be a pretty intense to put him at third. Probably put him in the outfield, right? Did Russell Wilson play a game? I'd say well, it's a Will, little... Will Ferrell. Is that what you think of? You remember the Will Ferrell spring training thing? Yeah, with the A's, where he played like all the different games. This, I, I'm pretty sure, like Garth, like was in the sliders in the game, maybe in the outfield, got a couple ABs. Padres, I think you're right? I think, yeah, I think he took it. He takes it very seriously. Maybe he's buddies with like Ken Caminiti back then. It would have been like late '90s. You, uh, you watch much? You see the summer league? I watched some Wiseman on su- Sunday. I gotta admit. It was like Wiseman's playing 4:30 on Sunday. I'm gonna watch. I'm gonna watch some of this. I made that appointment viewing on Sunday, and um, you know he largely looked the same to me. But uh, I've, I've been, I've been, you know, we we went to summer league back before it was popular. I I don't know. Did you see this one around on the internet this weekend? It was a minute and forty seconds. Somebody edited. It, it was just called like a minute and forty seconds of Draymond Green being an offensive star, and it was all these like summer league clips. Guy, he looked year. like Chris Weber meets a small guy. It was incredible. He's shooting fadeaway Jays. He's dunking over people. It was. It was. We really were good. there. Right. He was finishing at the rim. We were there. That was the summer league. We we went to that summer league. 
and nobody else was there. It was before it blew up. Yeah, he was sweet. We saw him, Harrison Barnes. Uh, I think we met Jimmer was there, but he he had gone by the time we got there because uh, the Kings were done playing by then. But um, he looked like a different human being. Mark Jackson was there, not coaching the team. What was his buddy's name? I remember drinking with him one day. Uh, Whose buddy? Mark Jackson's the guy that, buddy? The, the guy that coached the team, Pete, Pete Myers. Was Pete Myers? Pete Myers, yeah. Team? He was coaching the team, yeah. I had a beer with Pete Myers when Steph Curry, he came to watch Steph Curry when Steph played in that web.com tournament in like uh, the peninsula. I forget the course's name. But, I, you know, Steph played in that tournament like yeah, the yeah, first yeah. time he ever did. And, I mean, a million Marcus people inside the rope with Marcus Thompson inside yeah, the rope. Yeah, Marcus was there. Chris Heron was there. And Pete Myers showed up about a whole six and was just having some beers with his girlfriend. He was actually a nice guy. We bullshitted about basketball. Uh, Wiseman, they don't want to – they ran the first play for Wiseman and then – like no one wants to play summer league basketball with a guy who requires post-ups because it's their time to shine, right? Like Kuminga, all these guys, like this is my time. I need to get mine right now. So um, nothing really happened beyond yeah, he had a couple blocks. But he did have um, a sweet block. I saw like toward the, toward the three point line where he kind of came. Then he tried to take it himself up the floor and lost the ball. Yeah. Well, he did have a three pointer. He did hit a three. Yeah, but, he's uh, ma- he's a massive human being. Mungus. won the tip, won the opening tip, John decisively. Well, I can I can live with that in front of Ru- Russ and LeBron are there, not near each other. They're not sitting together, but they're there. It's like high school drama. It's it's like also you have fake. to come talk to me first. To me, the fakest part about LeBron is that no player. Be- I mean, he obviously has. I I unfollowed him on every social media platform. Uh, Obviously, it's no impact, but I just couldn't take his bullshit because he, no one gets more like pro player stuff. Yet he treats his own teammates like widgets and he will trade anyone. I heard so. I think Rosillo said this. He's like, the irony about LeBron owning a team one day, he won't sign any of these clutch scrubs that he forces his own teams to sign because it's not his money. It's not his team, but he would never sign like all the random guys that he makes his team signs over the years. He'd be like, that's a terrible contract. We don't want to tie ourselves to this. It's like he's always big. I'm like, you don't treat players like that. LeBron, every time that you hate a guy, you literally treat him like a company would treat a widget. You don't give a fuck. Yet, remember Harrison Barnes got traded while he was on the bench. It's like, you do the same shit. You can't stand Russ, which no one blames you, but you can't act like we just not tweeted well enough. You want, he was right across the thing. And I saw Gottlieb retweeted this. It was like 2021. They were sitting together. And 2022, obviously, opposite ends. It's like, it's LeBron is one of your classic guys. Don't judge him on what he says. Judge him by his actions when it comes to his teammates. Very easy to see who he hates immediately. And he can't stand that guy. We've we've been there. People mingle around and talk to each other with ease. You can walk wherever you want to walk, especially if you're those two, obviously. You can do whatever you want to do. I think it's way cooler now. With all, I mean, how many, how many pros did you see there now? Yeah. Draymond was there. Like It feels like they all go. Uh, there was the video that said Rob Palinka, the first one to go up to Russell Westbrook and say hello. And it was a video of Palinka going up to him and saying, What's up? Did you see Palinka talk to LeBron like he was an offensive coordinator? <laughs> like, th- this is the moment you right here is where you're having this very sensitive conversation. You need to cover your mouth. Were you guys talking about where you're going tonight? It's like Rob, no one cares. What do you, what do you uh, think about uh, shave it or save it for tomorrow's pod or stream? Do you want to do a pod tomorrow? I mean, might as well bang out a couple. You want to do this on the show tomorrow? Okay. 
I, I think so. Because I think this deserves like a lot of attention. You think we've right. gone too long today? Well, it's just, I mean, it's, you know, it's the summer. You're asking people a lot to, I, I have a lot to take on, on William and Kate. Um, we also got a real shave it or save it submission as well today, which we can work in this week as well. So. Yeah, we, I, part of it is like, we just might need the content. <laughs> and yeah. I, I am excited to talk about, uh, he, he really bothers me really with that. Did you see? Okay, don't don't give away your take yet. What, what's the who did Joker just beat yesterday? What was the guy's name? Curios. Did you see him getting mad at the chick that was wasted? Yes. And claimed she had seven hundred drinks. He's like, "Who are you talking about?" He's like, "The one was si- the polka dot deep." <laughs> he's he's a talker, man. He like yell he like yells at his own booth, but that's just what he does. He's pretty good. He's he's very good. It, I mean, he made Djokovic the normal one, which is not normal. Djokovic is usually the weird one. He won a couple. He, I guess he just won one set. But it was two, it was one one after the first two sets. I'm like, did yeah. this guy upset him? Yeah. Because when I saw him earlier in the tournament, I actually watched a decent amount of Wimbledon. Is that I thought he was just a character, but mm-hmm. clearly he's a pretty good player. He got he got when he beat Sitsipas, he really got in his dome in Sitsipas's dome, and then you know he didn't have to play Nadal, which helped Nadal. Maybe would have beaten Nadal anyway. I don't know, but Nadal had to withdraw. I did see a theory that thought Tron Carter, Rafa, that was good. Rafa never beats him there. So you try, you know, it, it just lose you know. to keep it. Was, the theory was to keep, give Djokovic him his best shot to upset him and then not take his majors. Yeah. That was a good thing. Rafa's a little, you can't tell when he's playing beside his hair. I watched a press conference of him. He definitely, you can feel his 36 years old. Cause sometimes yeah. when you see him play tennis, you're like, God, he still looks like he's 26. No, his, his hair is thinning, but just his body. His type. hair. I don't think you. I think he's a borderline shave it, but he just has grown it out so long that he can cover it up. Does Joker usually wear a hat? Mm, no, I thought he looked. I thought he looked funny in the hat. I'm like, this is a weird look. It was just. Was there a logo on it? Lotto or something? Uh, it was white. You know, there's not many overweight people that play professional tennis, huh? They're all huge. Most of them are huge. When you see a smaller tennis player, it really stands out on the court because you're used to seeing these guys that are like 6'3". Well, how big do you think the guy Joker was playing yesterday is? 6'5"? I mean, I mean, well, yeah, my guess is 6'5". He's huge. Curious. He's, he's big. How tall do you think Nadal is? 6'2"? 215? on the short. Yeah, but he's thick. What's Joker? 6'1", 6'2"? I think he's a little taller than that. Curious is 6'4". Do people consider Djokovic the greatest tennis player to ever play? He's in the conversation. Who was before, like, this crew showed up? Him, Federer, I mean, Nadal. Federer, Nadal. But I'm saying oh. before that kind of crew, was it like Sampras and McEnroe? Sampras. Tommy Connors? I don't know. <laughs> Tommy Connors is a real guy? Uh, no, what's the guy's name? Isn't there a Connors? Corey? He's a golfer. No, that's the, Jimmy, Con- Jimmy Connors? Jimmy Connors. Yeah. Who just, who went to, to the clink for a little tax evasion? Boris Becker? Boris Becker, yeah. Big fraud, according to his ex-wife. Yeah. She she turned him in, right? He's a, a just a all-time, I think, playboy. Becker? Boris, yeah. I used to, you know, early, mid-90s, was really into tennis, partly just because that's all, the only thing. ESPN showed a lot of tennis back then. Felt like maybe he was on the older end of the crew. Yeah, I think I always so. kind of liked him. I just, I feel like I would have just, I don't know if... Maybe rooted for him. Like if I just would have grown up in his era, might have been like a Boris Becker guy. 
you know, you just have yeah. some guys. You're just like, I just kind of like this guy. Yeah, they say he's ext- he's what extremely charming. Apparently, I don't know, just from what I read when that story broke several months ago. Judge, all right, clearly, huh? He looked. I just typed him in. Lost a lot of money. Oh my god, he's ugly now. I felt like he was a good looking guy when he was young. He was redhead. He is a weathered, weathered guy. Oh my god. Just if you got a, if you get an opportunity, you're looking at Boris Becker, right? Not Boris Johnson, because I typed in Boris Becker and got some Boris Johnson photos. I'm looking at Boris Becker, a German former number one, and he used to go. I read the Agassi book, like him, Agassi, Sampras. He might be a, a year or two older than those guys, but they played him. Jailed. All right. On that note, thanks for hanging with us, everybody. Have a great week. And uh, we'll be back soon this week. We're, we're, we got a week of shows this week, so we're hanging. Adios. Later. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.